Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at your sun and rising sign horoscopes for the month of December 2021. So December begins tomorrow, and uh, it's obviously that time of month where we are going to uh, try to give you some kind of general forecast depending on your sun or rising sign for the month ahead. However, I want to say a few things about today's um forecast one i'm trying something a little bit different today a little bit different format hope you guys enjoy it and um the reason for this is that last week i did a whole series previewing the major astrology of the month of december and did run through the whole sign houses based on your rising sign last week for all those major transits so i wanted to shake things up a little bit and not just repeat things i've already said um but i actually really like the way this turns out and turned out and i might end up doing it Again, so if you want a breakdown of all of the major transits, including the solar eclipse and Sagittarius, the Venus retrograde with Pluto, the Saturn-Uranus dynamic that's coming up, and Jupiter into Pisces, all of the biggest transits of December, then be sure you go back and watch last week's videos on previewing those transits. Um, but at any rate, all of that being said, today what I did was for each of the 12 signs, I uh, drew a tarot card and let that tarot card um, be the centerpiece for uh, like a, a meditation on your month ahead. So uh, just some quick takes for you guys, 12 different signs, 12 different cards with sort of uh, pulling on different elements of the transits. So I hope you guys enjoy this. In the meantime, we have, let's see. 32 days left to go in my annual Kickstarter. We just broke over the 400 backer mark yesterday. I'm so thankful for all of your support. We have a long ways to go. We're just under a third of the way toward our goal with, uh, like I said, about 32 days left. So um, 32 days left, 416 backers right now. We're trying to get to 1,367 backers which is one better than we did last year. So we always just see if we can get more subscribers to support the channel every year successively. This is my eighth year doing this. And if you can believe it, uh, when I started off, I think we had maybe like a little under 200 subscribers that pitched in to support. And the audience was about one-tenth the size that it is now. So it's pretty incredible. Um, Back then, I was blogging. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't even doing a YouTube channel yet. I was just writing. But at any rate, um, I really do appreciate your support. A couple of things that you guys helped me do. One, this is part of my business model. This is how I support myself and my family. This is how I earn a living. So, if you enjoy this channel and can donate, then you're supporting me and my family. You're supporting a staff of people. I have ten people on my staff two of whom are very integral to making sure that this content goes out every day and gives me the space to create every day for you guys um, for free for you know thousands and thousands of people, millions of minutes that are tallied every year, if I remember correctly looking at the YouTube stats but uh, of view time. But at any rate, um, so you guys help with that stuff. The other thing that you do is because... Um, I uh, can do because I do well in the Kickstarter that allows me to not have bottom lines in my programs, which means that I can open up my programs to uh, doing a lot of need based tuition full scholarships for a lot of people. So that's happens because of the success of the Kickstarter every year and how that 
adds to the overall success of my work. Um, also, you guys uh, are helping me to do things like in the next year, two max, we're making the transition to building a donation-based clinic so that people can have readings from some of my best students who are gathering experience, getting experience reading charts. So you can have a donation-based rate that's not just available for my programs, but or a, a need-based tuition rate, but also a donation type of scale of, of or a donation or like a sliding scale of some kind that's really affordable for people who want an astrological reading but can't afford it otherwise. So I believe it's really important that services like astrology, whether you're learning it or providing it, um, are accessible. Um, you know, and when I first started off my first year and a half in order to gain experience reading charts, I did everything by donation. And so I'm setting up a model like that for my students to use. And that way people come to my website, like I'm booked out a year in advance with my readings, right? So it's just, um, I don't want it to be so exclusive, right? So that's the idea of creating something like that. And you guys help me do that. When the Kickstarter goes off, then I can slowly start building all of these things. Um, it's, there's, it's slow in developing in some cases, because we have kind of a log jam of things we're building. We're building a community herbal medicine garden. We moved last year and um, with moving and relocating and, and COVID and stuff like that, the community herbal medicine garden is taking a little bit longer. We got a good start on it this past year. After the winter's over, we'll get back to it. Uh, that provides people you know, uh, herbal medicine for free. So there's lots of cool stuff that we do with this. When you pitch in uh, and support my work, you can pick up uh, a lots of exclusive videos and lectures that I give. There's exclusive readings. There's a year ahead horoscope reading for your sun or rising sign. Um, you can pick up a um, uh, more of on the $175 donation, you can get a mini reading, which is where I take a look at your chart. And I actually say, here's your biggest transit of the year ahead. And I record that there's only 16 of those left. Um, you can pick up three horary questions for the year ahead. And uh, it's a a uh, really good way to save on horary questions compared to what they usually go for on my website. Uh, and then if you want to take one of my classes, they're 50% off. You're going to study in the spring or in the fall in one of my classes, my year one class, or any of my advanced programs. They're half off. And if you bundle them, the savings goes up as well. So thank you guys so much for your support. We have uh, 30 plus days left to go. We're almost about a third of the way there. So we're making really good progress. Uh, but let's keep it going. If you appreciate this channel and other ways you can support it, if you can't afford to donate, uh, like, subscribe, ring the notification bell, share the videos with people, send up some prayers that, uh, you know, I try to uh, stay home in my spiritual commitment so that the content is uh, as spiritually focused as possible. All right. So that being said, let's dive into our horoscopes for, uh, let's dive into the horoscopes for the month of December. I'm really excited because um, I just think this new format is, it's more exciting for me. I mean, hopefully it is for you guys too, but you know, I get bored of doing certain things like horoscopes every month because I find them like I, it's probably my least favorite thing that I do, even though I know people enjoy it, but um, it gets really repetitive and I'm always looking for creative ways of, of, you know, making things new and, and I've uh, been inspired by Raphael Ray from Radiant Reality, if you guys know him. Um, and just, you know, I've always been into uh, tarot, but I've never really incorporated it so much on this channel. So I thought, you know what, let's just do it this month. 
All right, at any rate, let me pull up my notes here. So we're going to start with Aries. And remember, all of the transits for everyone this month are the same in terms of the big ones, the solar eclipse and Sagittarius, Jupiter moving into Pisces, Venus retrograde with uh, Pluto in the sign of Capricorn and Saturn square Uranus. Those are the big transits of the month. I went over all of them last week if you want to review them. But let's go ahead and let's start with Aries. So if you are an Aries rising, the, the page of cups, actually, let me hold it up right there. Page of Cups is the card for you for this month. And here's what I wrote down about this because you can see the way in which the page speaks when uh, comparing it to the transits. Oops, let's make sure I've got this. So, so what I think is really interesting about the Page of Cups is that if you're an Aries, we have <clears throat> we have the solar eclipse taking place in your ninth house while jupiter is moving into your 12th this month um i like the page of cups as a sign of emotional renewal and also as a sign of messages that bring about a sense of inspiration or hope a solar eclipse in the ninth with jupiter moving into the 12th to me has that feeling of um a religious or spiritual vision or a sense of philosophical inspiration or joy or um, uh, enthusiasm. The, remember the word enthusiasm, entheos, is where it comes from, and that means the God within. So the Page of Cups, when it shows, I mean, sometimes the Page of Cups can show up and be like the announcing of a pregnancy or something. You see little fish popping out of the cup, but I like this also as a, a sign of whether it's someone entering your life or something, but I like emotional, spiritual, philosophical renewal as a the theme of the month for Aries because of that combination of the solar eclipse in your ninth while Jupiter's entering your 12th. The other thing is that your ruling planet Mars is going to enter your ninth as well. So some kind of enthusiastic, um, crusading, inspiring, visionary qualities this month. If you're in Aries, I get the feeling of like a spiritual quest or spiritual mission, or um, sense of renewed emotional um, conviction about something. So that was what stood out to me for my Aries rising folk this month. Let's go ahead to Taurus rising. If you are a Taurus rising, um, the, the card that came up for you this month when I drew this morning was the tower. Not the most fun card in the world. We all know that the tower can be, if you know anything about tarot, you know that this can be a difficult card. It shows uh, a structure collapsing. There's a lightning strike, the crowns falling off the top of the tower. So definitely has a little bit of an ominous feeling to it. But I think that there's a good way of understanding or relating to this card this month if you're a Taurus rising. Um, one is that... Uh, you know, structures are coming apart right now. And this makes sense. Uranus is in your first house, Saturn's in your 10th. There's some kind of personal revolution taking place for you. And it may happen at the cost of certain kinds of structures falling apart in the workplace or um, that you have to defy or rebel against certain kinds of authorities or institutions or um, structures out in the world. So you think of Saturn in the 10th and you think of the, the powers of the world, the expectations of the world, the, the feeling of duty or being bound and obligated to others out in the world or in the workplace and Uranus wanting to get away from it. Do structures kind of 
fall down as a result. Um, it is possible with the solar eclipse in your eighth house that someone would pass this month, but I usually am, what I'm used to seeing with eighth house eclipses are people passing that you're, you, you're kind of ready or you, you kind of sense, yeah, they're probably, it looks like someone could pass like a, a grandparent who's old, I always say. So, but in the meantime, with Venus retrograding in your ninth house, there's also a feeling of um, challenging institutions religiously, philosophically, academically. So, you know, whether it's spiritual, philosophical, political, or institutional, um, I get the feeling of structures coming apart this month and the need or the need to evolve away from uh, certain kinds of structures mentally or socially as you're, and, and that may come suddenly, or there could, it could come in the shocking way of uh, Uranus. You don't want to, you don't want to create something that um, you don't want to create a revolution through, you know, some kind of recklessness, but there may be some kind of deep revision of existing structures this month, especially as you're recognizing who am I, how am I evolving and changing personally? Where do I stand where, you know, this kind of thing. So um, that's what I've got for Tauruses. All right, let's go ahead and move forward now to put Gemini rising on the ascendant. <clears throat> so if you are a Gemini rising, the card of the month for you is the six of cups, the six of cups. You can see it looks like young people kind of like exchanging little gifts or, um, this older child is like giving a younger child like a cup with them with like a flower in it or something like that so so it's a nice it's a sweet card and um we put the astrology on the screen and i'll give you my thoughts about this one so if you're a gemini one of the things that makes the six of cups card applicable from as far as i as far as i can tell is the fact that you have a solar eclipse uh, solar eclipse in your seventh house, while Jupiter is about the ruler of the seventh and the ruler of the eclipse is about to enter the 10th house. Your ruling planet Mercury will also be in the seventh and then Venus is retrograde in the eighth. This card often comes up when there's going to be an exchange of services or gifts or um, a sweet connection with someone else. Sometimes it's kind of a childhood card, a card that brings up uh, elements of nostalgia. Um, a solar eclipse in the seventh often coincides with someone important entering your life. Venus retrograde in the eighth with um, the uh, an examination of our entanglements. Who gives us what and what do we give other people? And then Jupiter entering the tenth could also be the bestowing of some kind of blessing, uh, maybe through someone else. So I get the feeling of like a positive maybe receiving something positive from someone else this month or blessing somebody with something else this month and some kind of exploration of shared resources all coming together if you're a Gemini rising. So that's my impression of the Gemini rising horoscope. Those themes come to mind with that card, the six of cups. All right. So if you are a cancer rising, your card for the month, little hard one, three of swords, the Three of Swords can point to heartbreak, or it can point to affairs or infidelity, or uh, like uh, difficulties in managing a complex series of relationships. Um, but it's often a, a card that will 
indicate some challenges in relationships? Well, makes sense because if we look at what cancers are dealing with this month, talking about a Venus retrograde in the seventh house of marriage and relationships. So is it possible that there is some um, you know, deeper state of turbulence or strife or difficulty that has to be, you know, you have to go through this month uh, in key relationships. Remember the, 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 your ruling planet, the moon is also when it makes the new moon here coming up on December 4th, that's happening in the sixth house, which was a Mars ruled house and a place of strife and a place that often pointed to conflicts with other people. So the potential for conflict in relationships stands out if you're a cancer this month, but you know, how are you working through that? Or is there some healing that needs to happen in relationships? Um, so that's what I would look at for my cancers this month. All right, we're going to go ahead to Leo rising next. So if you're a Leo rising, the card that I drew for you is the two of cups. Interesting. It has a little lion with angel wings above two people uh, who are joining in some kind of union. Um, I tend to think about this as marriage or some kind of romantic connection, but I think it can also speak to important uh, relationships forming, important allegiances forming, or any kind of um, agreement that's being reached. Even sometimes like I've seen that like show up when people are coming to agree upon a contract or something like that. Uh, but at any rate, um, here's some of the things that I can't help but notice this month. Uh, one is that Jupiter is going to move into your eighth house, which is a place that often uh, a, a, a transit moving into a place that could suggest um, benefits received from someone else. The blessing of joining your assets together with someone else seems to fit with the two of cups. Of course, Saturn square Uranus from the seventh to the 10th. Um, speaks to me about new commitments, maybe somehow related to work or business, um, but this, the Saturn square Uranus in the seventh and the 10th could also point to um, some kind of um, shifting or changing of relationships based on assets or what can be shared that would be beneficial for people. You also have a solar eclipse in your fifth house, um, and to me, the solar eclipse in the fifth, which was called the house of good fortune, could also point to romance. And um, it was a place that was associated with romance as well as uh, the planet Venus and good fortune overall. So maybe some shifting of relationships, agreements, contracts, negotiations, but ultimately favorable assets or people coming into your life this month if you're a Leo rising. So we'll go ahead now to put Virgo on the ascendant. Now, if you're a Virgo rising, the death card came up. Now, the death card you can see is, you know, obviously it's going to be a harrowing card. There's death, but you can also see the sun coming up over the horizon in the background. And, um, you know, maybe a, sometimes I see this card and I think of transfers of power. I also think of the death of different kinds of authority. Who has the ultimate authority? Death has the ultimate authority over all powers in the world. So I also think about the death and transformation of worldly powers in our lives uh, whenever the death card comes up. So I don't necessarily freak out when the death card comes up for me personally. Um, not that it isn't, I mean, it is a little, you know, it, it's another one of those cards like the tower card that tends to freak people out. But okay, so if you are a Virgo rising, um, 
I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, one of the most interesting pieces about the death card is that it shows up with, for you as a, as a Virgo, it shows up while there's a solar eclipse happening in the fourth house. The fourth house was one of the places that was associated with the underworld, the grave and death, because it represents the subterranean pivot. So it's like, it's like the underworld, a solar eclipse in that house can often mean the death of a father, the death of a family member, a generational change, which goes along with the death card in terms of there being the dawning of a new day, the death of an old authority, um, something like that. But it has maybe ancestral or family roots somehow. Uh, I like the idea of um, there being explorations of um, of like money, wealth, power within the family, and what kinds of institutions or authority has your family traditionally put their faith in versus rejected. I just wonder about ancestral explorations around uh, karma, um, or excuse me, around power within, um, within your life this month. Jupiter moving into your seventh is interesting too. As a side note, um, whenever I see the death card, I think there's something new that's also dawning. And I love Jupiter entering Pisces, its own sign in the seventh. Is someone new entering your life this month and changing um, who or what you give your sense of um, allegiance to? So at any rate, uh, the death card. Now, um, let's go on to... Uh, that's Virgo rising. Let's go on to Libra rising. So if you are a Libra rising, the star card comes up. So some of these major arcana cards coming up uh, throughout, which is interesting. So the star card, if you're a Libra rising, I'm going to go ahead and put your astrology back up on the astrology back up on the screen now. Um, so I read this. Let me just pick up my notes here. Um, one of the things that I love about Jupiter entering the six, and you guys would have heard me say this last week for Libra risings, is that now you have Jupiter and Neptune co-present in the, in the same sign, but the sixth house was called a house of strife, a house of difficulties. When I think of the star card, I think about things that are sort of um, miraculous or synchronistic or the sense that um, all will be well, this too will pass. There's a silver lining. There's a sense that things are aligning somehow in the right way. Usually we don't get that feeling completely out of the blue. Usually it also gives us a sense of relief. Like in the star card, there's a picture of, you know, uh, something like a, an, an angel woman is the way I think of her, um, dumping water down onto the earth and pouring out the, this kind of fertile water with a sense of blessings in the air when you have Jupiter well-dignified in the sixth, one of the things is that there tends to be a silver lining because it's a house that's filled with difficulties and strife. So you put Jupiter in there and it tends to be like good things coming about during the worst times or good things happening despite challenges that arise. So that's what I'm looking at for the star card for you Libras this month is the sense of a silver lining. Um, you also have a solar eclipse in the third house in Jupiter's sign. Is there some kind of change of mind happening this month, a mindset change, because you're finding that there's more natural forms of support available to you? And also, as your ruling planet is going retrograde in the fourth house, 
could any of these, um, this miraculous feeling of support that the star card indicates be happening because of some kind of change around home and family that's taking place? Those are the kinds of things that come to mind this month, but I love that star card for you if you're a Libra rising. All right, so let's go forward to Scorpio rising, put Scorpio on the ascendant. And if you're a Scorpio, it's the king of wands that came up for you this morning when I was uh, preparing these. So the king of wands is such an entrepreneurial card. And I always, uh, I see, I've seen it come up a lot in my own life when there's going to be a, a, a next phase of, you know, I'm developing a new class or maybe, you know, like when we, um, I remember getting it a lot when we were building out and expanding our yoga studio back in DC. So it definitely has that, that mark of entrepreneurial uh, endeavors behind it. And we can see this because what's happening this month, you have a solar eclipse in your second house, which can indicate the start of new things around business and finances. Your ruling planet Mars will be moving into Sagittarius in your second house. So I get the feeling of development or acquisition of skills, um, resources, developing business, um, developing more confidence or authority, using utilizing your own skills. Uh, maybe there's some sense of risk involved. So I see those things for sure. Um, also, Jupiter's moving into your fifth house, the place of good fortune. It's the ruler of the eclipse in the second. So maybe there's some sense of needing to take some calculated risks around business and money this month. Um, I just would say the king of wands can sometimes get a little um, domineering or overly confident. So you, you know, be careful that you're not taking risks that are too big or that you're overly confident about things. But otherwise, um, you know, your ruling planet heading into your second after a solar eclipse in the second, Jupiter moving into the fifth, it looks like a month that could be very supportive, especially around uh, money, finances, and business. So that's what I like for you if you're a Scorpio rising. If you are a Sagittarius rising, card I drew was the High Priestess. You can see the High Priestess card right here. So the High Priestess is another really interesting card. We've got the Ar Major Arcana showing up. And um, for, let me put it back up on the screen. <clears throat> Get my notes up here. So one of the things that I love about um, the High Priestess card, given uh, the signatures astrological signatures for Sagittarius this month is the entrance of Jupiter into Pisces in the fourth house. In, the, in ancient astrology, the fourth house was called the house of the mysteries and occult studies. It's interesting to me that Jupiter entering the fourth here, uh, along with the eclipse in your own home sign and first house of Sagittarius, could actually suggest some kind of spiritual... Um, a moment of spiritual discovery, self-discovery. Jupiter into the fourth might usually make me think about things around home and family, buying a piece of land or something like that. But with the emphasis on um, identity this month and a transformation of identity, with Jupiter going into the fourth and the high priestess showing up, I think, okay, this is a moment of developing your intuition or of cultivating something spiritually or starting to study something or following some kind of new calling, but it's going to cultivate, it's going to be, it's going to need you to tap into um, a, a deeper and more mysterious level of wisdom and insight within yourself. Uh, so 
I, I like the idea of sort of becoming the high priestess if you're a Sagittarius rising this month. It's kind of a fun sequence. The other thing is, of course, maybe this has something to do with an exploration of money and finances and, and learning how to intuitively utilize your skills, your resources, your abilities, because Venus is also retrograde in your second house of money and finances. So, but I get the feeling of becoming the high priestess or sort of tapping into that high priestess energy with Jupiter entering the fourth, the place of the mysteries as the ruler of the eclipse in the first house, some kind of self-refinement or the, the need to um, shift your sense of self and calling. All right. So that's what I've got. If you're a Sagittarius turning the corner now into the last three signs, let's take a look at Capricorn. We're going to put Capricorn on the ascendant. If you are a Capricorn, the card that I drew for you is the King of Cups. And I was at for this one was like definitely the most tricky for me to, um, you know, sit with and try to figure out. So the King of Cups, um, this is a card that often speaks to um, looking at the careful integration between the masculine and feminine. For example, someone like myself, who's a man with a cancer son, that King of Cups will often come up as the, um, in my own personal life, as a reminder that I'm here to embody something of the, you know, the emotional dynamism, emotional lunar, you might call it qualities of, of the masculine. Um, and so I think about that when I'm looking at Capricorn rising this month and I'm like scratching my head, but then I, I started seeing, I was like, oh, you know, it's really interesting is that this Venus retrograde in the first house for a Capricorn. So Capricorn's a Saturn ruled sign. And this could be a time of exploring more of the feminine aspect of your identity could be something like more mundane, like your, your style or your wardrobe or your physical appearance, but also um, looking at relationships and looking at um, maybe the, the feminine dimension of your life in relationships. One of the interesting things that's happening this month for you is you got a solar eclipse in the 12th. The solar eclipse in the 12th, I think about looking at the, the um, at solar figures. The king is a very solar figure. And the solar figure could be your own ego and its emotional intelligence, especially given the fact that Jupiter is about to enter a water sign in your third house of the mind, a house that's associated with the moon and the mind. So Jupiter goes into that house this month. Venus is retrograde in the first, sun's eclipsing in the 12th. I go, hmm, is there an exploration of the karma around men, fathers, the integration of the masculine and feminine, or let's call it emotional intelligence uh, with, with some focus on that king masculine figure in general, um, does one have a well-integrated, well-developed sense of emotional intelligence? How is one's relationship with one's father or authority figures? Are the authority figures in our lives, do they demonstrate enough compassion and empathy? Things like that come to my mind. All right. So that's my take for you Capricorn risings out there. Those are the themes and qualities I think you're going to be working with this month. So if we go to Aquarius, um, let's go ahead and I'll show you. For Aquarians, I got the Nine of Cups. I find that this is really um, one of the more complicated cards because there's definitely some shadows to this card that can get overlooked because of some of the really positive things that are often associated with it as well. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that. But if you're an Aquarius, um, let me get my notes up here. Can't help but notice that Jupiter is going to be ingressing 
when it moves into Pisces, into your second house. So the nine of cups can speak to a state of abundance, a state of satisfaction, of having a lot of resources, or of powerful people. Hey, look, Jupiter is the ruler of the eclipse in the 11th house, the place of allies and benefactors. Is it possible that someone with a lot of resources or power or influence comes into your life this month and offers you something? That might be one of the more subjectively positive possibilities here. However, with Venus also retrograde in the 12th, I think about the shadows, the shadow of um, that card, Nine of Cups, social opportunism, um, getting used or being taken advantage of, social ladder climbing, all of that kind of stuff. I also think about um, how are you using your resources and are you generous or are you stingy? Are you proud or are you um, uh, you know, encouraging, compassionate, and, and generous with other people? Those kinds of dichotomies come to mind this month, but I do overall like the idea of resources, benefactors, people with resources um, that can do something to help coming into your life. And maybe that's you. Maybe you have something to give this month. And the message here is don't be stingy. Make sure you give generously. Um, but also looking at this, the shadows of powerful people and social connections and how they might drive you unconsciously. So I look at those things for Aquarians. All right, last but not least, we have for Pisces rising, wonderful card, the 10 of cups. So last but not least, but a very subjectively, usually one of the more positive cards of the tarot. So I'm going to, uh, let's put Pisces on the ascendant. Let me share. So put Pisces rising. And I like this one because, I mean, let's face it, for anyone who's, uh, you know, uh, ever had a Jupiter uh, year in your first house, you know that it can be a really fantastic year. What to speak of if Jupiter is your ruling planet as it is for Pisces. So Jupiter's entering your first house while there's a solar eclipse in your 10th. Man, I mean, the feeling of having accomplished something, of having come home to something after a long time away, especially with Jupiter in its fall in the 11th, a difficult place in the 12th, now coming back into your first house, a feeling of empowerment, a feeling of return, a feeling of... Um, uh, a sense of redemption or hope, a sense of completion, uh, all's well that ends well kind of feeling. Also, um, I like this when it comes to some something worth celebrating, something, the feeling of like auspiciousness in the air, a solar eclipse in your 10th house of career, introducing a new beginning, just as its ruler, Jupiter goes into your first house in your home sign, a sense of um, not only accomplishing things, but things to rejoice in, things to be happy about, a feeling of confidence in the air for you if you're a Pisces. So I love this energy for Pisces this month. One thing I would be aware of a little bit is, you know, uh, Venus retrograde in the 11th. There may also be some careful revisions of key relationships, friendships, or within groups, um, and knowing and recognizing which groups of people are really healthy for you um, and conducive to your happiness is probably uh, an important part of this month's exploration. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, it's my first time doing it. So the formats may be a little clunky, but you know, I hope that you guys enjoy uh, picking a card. I think it really, what it really helps me do is if you could imagine that um, every month, you know, when I'm going through these, that I'm sitting there going like, well, there's, you know, there's thousands of people that have Sagittarius rising and it's, you, you know, it's like, you're looking for a way of bringing 
a lot of different transits together cohesively, which is really hard to do without the specifics of a birth chart. Um, so it's not, and, and these are an, a form of, monthly horoscopes like this are a form of divination. So I'm, I think the thing that I like about using a tarot card is that it, it provides gel for, it, it gives like an angle, not the only angle, but it gives an angle through which all of the different um, transits of the month can find some cohesion. So I think I'm going to keep doing it because it really helps me not feel like I'm just totally spinning my wheels, free associating and trying to um, come up with something cohesive, but also feeling pressured to make sure that it's very general and could be um, archetypally interpreted by a broad uh, you know, a broad audience. So if, if that makes sense. So it's a tricky thing to pull off. I much prefer every day of the month talking about the transits and archetypal combinations and meditating upon them. You know, that's like totally my bread and butter. But um, I think that this is this for me, this felt like really, really good. And I didn't feel, you know, so the important thing is like knowing that, that certain kinds of content either fills me up or like drains me. And like, I'll tell you, um, the only thing I do on my channel that really drains me are the monthly horoscopes for the sun and rising signs. Everything else makes me feel like it's very natural. It's easy for me to get into a flow. Using the cards today totally helped me with that. So, you know, I hope you guys like it because it's like, you know, that to me makes the biggest difference in terms of the, the quality of the content is that if, if, if I'm really in it and like in, in really enjoying it and feeling organic, which is why um, one of the things that I noticed is that doing horoscopes with Raph from Radiant Ray, um, you know, because of the way that he incorporates tarot, I was like, it's just so much easier for me to get in a zone when I'm working with him. And I think that's because of the tarot. Well, obviously, because he's amazing too, but I think that's a big part of it has to do with the tarot. Anyway, I digress. Thank you guys for listening. I hope that you all have a most um, awesome month of December. Uh, and if you are able to, don't forget to pitch into my Kickstarter. We are at 417 backers with 32 days left to go. We're trying to get to 1,367 backers. And uh, the link to donate is in the description of this video and in the comments section. I hope you guys have a beautiful day today. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.